There, Wyndham and Willimantic. It's Tuesday, December 5th, and you're listening to The Neighborhood. This is Anita Sebastian, and I'm going solo tonight because uh, Santa had to go and do a little bit of work. <laughs> but I do have a special guest, and we'll get to him in just a minute. I want to thank my sponsor, uh, Casella Waste, and thank Willie Radio for allowing us to be on the air. 1400 AM and 95.3 FM. And want to thank Matt behind the dials, too. He always makes us sound good. <laughs> and, oh, you heard that little chuckle? That's from Keith C. Rice, who said just a little bit ago that we would continue. This is fun. <laughs> we're all, it's, it's like an hour. Uh, I know we were... Uh... We're missing your, your partner in crime there who's uh, off filling in for Santa, but it is an honor to be sitting uh, here with you for an hour. Loved uh, learning more about uh, Ernie and Anita, and you know, thank you. Matt just handed me a pen because I have a bad tendency to go like that and hit the, the table as I'm talking. But, yes, thanks for having me here, Anita. It's a pleasure to be in the neighborhood. Yeah. Now, I know that when you started up your show, okay, you did give a little bit of background of, you know, where you came from and stuff like that, but maybe some of the listeners that listened to this half hour never heard about that. So maybe you could tell us a, a little bit about where, uh, uh, like where you started. You know, what schools you went to and stuff sure. like that. Um, well, I grew up around here. Uh, um, grew up. Uh, my uh, went to grade school, St. Mary St. Joseph School, which we hope someday will reopen again. And uh, but yeah, I grew up in the mean, tough streets of Willimantic. No, actually, <laughs> actually, I was born and raised in Lebanon. But I grew up going uh, going to Wyndham School, Wyndham Public Schools, as I said, St. Mary St. Joseph's, and eventually Kramer. And then uh, I uh, went to go to Lyman for two years. I did ninth and tenth grade at Lyman, in, which is in Lebanon, and then uh, transferred to St. Bernard. So I did do a little jumping around throughout my uh, my school I guess years. So. Finished at St. Bernard uh, and graduated there in uh, Uncasville. Ah, <clears throat> so now you come from a radio family, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, did you go to school to become a broadcaster? I did. I didn't finish, but I, I, I could thank uh, Wayne Norman for Wayne was the one who actually hired me here, not my family. I did grow up uh, hanging out. My father would bring me down here on Saturday mornings. I'd try and stay out of trouble, but I, I got the bug early on. But uh, I'll never forget when Wayne approached me as, I think it was a freshman or sophomore in high school, which would be like 1986, somewhere in that. I was, yeah, it was 86. So that would have made me a freshman at Lyman. Wayne asked me if I would be interested in running the board, kind of what Matt's doing right now. Back when we had uh, a live board out for sports that we take, like tonight we have a UConn game. Well, back then, uh, of course, we still take the Red Sox. We had UConn, Red Sox, Celtics. But Wayne asked me, uh, not just sports games, but I'd be interested in running the board. And I, I, I quickly was, I was very quickly responded yes. I, I was overjoyed, and um, so I. I my parents let me allowed me to only work weekends, so it didn't really conflict. There were a few times they let me work school nights if Wayne was in desperate need of a board op. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I, I started in my high school years. There were a few times in my, when I was like 15, 16 years old, I got to crack the mic, and that was always a fun thing. But yeah, I started early on. And to answer your question, I didn't finish college. I did go to Iona College in New York my first year, transferred to Northeastern in Boston, a very, very good school, and. Uh, after I completed a year at Northeastern, my grades weren't that great. Didn't flunk out, but <laughs> but I knew I wanted to do radio. I was I, I 
You know, I remember having that conversation with my, at the time, not uh, not too pleased parents, standing in the kitchen in, uh, in the winter of 92 saying, look, you're not, you're not going to be happy with this, but I, I want to do radio. I'm not really interested in school at the moment. And the I'm look- sure they gave you all of the arguments. Well, you know, you've already completed X number. We've put yeah. in X amount of money, you know, towards your education. They and- did. They did. You're, you're, yeah. They, they said, well, you'll. That's fine, but you're going to go to school part time. And my, and I, so I, I tried to take a few classes at Eastern, and that didn't go so well. And uh, I just wanted to do radio. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to go about it, and I worked hard to uh, move on from WILI. And then, uh, you know, I did everything on my own. I'm proud to say I grew up in a radio family, but I worked hard to get to where I'm at. And now my life's come full circle, and I'm back here. So, so like lots of kids, you didn't have aspirations to be. A policeman or a fireman or one of those others. I have so much respect for those careers, too. Uh, no, I, I just, I knew right after Wayno hired me, I, I, I fell in love with radio instantly. I, I knew exactly this is what I wanted to do. Uh, actually, it's funny because, you know, uh, I spent so many years going back and forth. I'm on I-98 in the afternoon, I-98.3, our sister station. So I actually went down the DJing path, which is something I thought I'd never do in my early years in radio. All I want to do is kind of a Wayne does, sportscasting. I, I could see my, uh, my dream gig. My dream gig was it, back in my high school years, I'm working for Wayne here at WILI and my family. <laughs> um, I wanted to work. I wanted to be an update anchor for WFAN in New York. I wanted to do the, the updates every 20 minutes, and that's what I saw myself doing. I got close when I got to Iona in New York, right outside New York City my first year, but I couldn't get an internship. My grades were good, surprisingly. Uh, but that was my dream gig. I want to do sports radio, sports radio. I come back here in the winter of 92 and my, my radio career got detoured and ended up uh, taking the, the DJ path, which took me to, took me to bigger and better things as well. So I got to do a little sports on the side throughout my radio career. I still do here and there, but yeah, it's my, the majority of my radio career has been spent talking up, uh, top 40 songs. (laughs) <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your DJ work. You know, where you mostly did it. What are some of your favorite gigs or something like that? And, um, and are you still doing that? And can people hire you for that? Uh, well, uh, let's see. I do, well, mobile DJing, I do that on the side. And I uh, think my wife got, uh, uh, I, I used to do it just for fun. But back in uh, October, I was like September or October of 2021, <clears throat> my wife goes, uh, oh, we were asked to DJ an event, and she goes, why don't we just make this into an on-the-side business? I said, all right. I wasn't, I wasn't that excited about it at first. I said, I just want to do it for fun. But, you know, it, it, now it's we're insured. It's Wild Rice. I'll give it a little plug here. Uh, shameless plug. Wild Rice Entertainment, LLC. <clears throat> and, again, it's an on-the-side business because I do the radio thing full-time here at Yeah, WILI. you've got to be able to sandwich them in. Right, and, and my wife uh, works for uh, Liberty Bank. She's a manager, uh, Marianne, down at uh, the West Main Street branch. So we do our full-time jobs, but we do the, the mobile DJ business on the side. Now, as far as my on-air radio gigs, I left here. I left, I've left and come back here a few times. Matt knows that. Um, I left here first. Uh, the first time was in May of 95, and I went from Willimantic, Connecticut, to a great FM station in Burlington, Vermont, 95 X, And that's what, it was a great top 40 station that really prepared me to get to bigger markets. And from there, I went to 96.5 TIC in Hartford, spent three years full-time in the Gold Building, which they're now in Farmington. And then from TIC, 
Uh, I got hired to do nights on the Jersey Shore, and I did that for. This is where my this is where really things started to take off. I went there March of '99, and only spent a few a uh, few months there because uh, Q102 in Philadelphia, which was like a dream come true, to work at a station like that, hired me uh, full time to do uh, nights and late nights and club gigs and all that. So I worked for uh, the mighty Q102 in Philadelphia, and I say it was a dream come true, Anita, because my mother's family is all from the Philadelphia area. So I could go knock on my grandma's door and and drive five minutes down to the Q102 studios, and I'm on the air in market, the fifth largest market in the country, and I, I got to spend a lot of time with my mother's family, you know, my aunts and uncles, my grandmother. And uh, so that was 1999 and 2001. And then uh, from there, I went on to spend a little time in Salt Lake City. Oh yes. wow! Uh, during the uh, during the O2 Olympics, oh yeah, O2 Olympics. I was only there for six months, and then a buddy of mine called back and said, "Hey, you want to do mornings on at your old station on the Jersey Shore?" And the money was better. All my family and friends were back east, so I said, "I said to my boss out west, I said, sorry, uh, I got a better offer." Plus, I didn't know when I was going to get a chance to move back east. I I jumped at this, and I spent two years doing mornings there. Then I came back to Willimantic again, and then I left again and. Uh, 2008, uh, I spent seven and a half years in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and that was the longest I've ever spent, well, besides like this area, Lancaster, yeah. Pennsylvania. I spent, uh, I, I worked two great stations down there. Uh, my wife at the time was from here as well. She moved down there with me. She was my fiance. Uh, we weren't actually engaged yet, but she had moved down there with me. We both had a great seven and a half years down there. I could go on and on about Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful part of the country, but uh, we moved back at the end of 15, and and uh, got her, uh, you know, I got transferred back here by Hall Communications in 2015, and I don't see myself leaving anytime. No, I'm not leaving ever again. We got a, we got our dream house, and I think if I ever move, it'll be maybe to spend a you know a few months in Florida here and there. But I'm not moving ever again. <laughs> no, I love. It's great to be home. I was going to say you've you've really seen a lot of the country. Plus, my parents aren't getting any younger, so it's good to be home around mom and dad, and you know, my wife can be with her father, and uh, we're very lucky to be home. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, I know you run the Saturday and Sunday music. And how do you select, do you have, think of themes that you're going to do? Or do you just, you know, okay, I'm just going to pull this selection out and put it on. Well, you're giving me great ideas. Um, yes, the, the, the Saturday Salad Gold Show, I knew uh, there's been a bunch of, well, we could thank uh, the doc, Henry Paulus. Absolutely. Who we had in here on Hometown Threads. He's the one who... He's the originator, I believe. Am I right, Matt? Yeah, the doc. Yeah. It was yeah. Saturday morning, '60s with the doctor. So he got that going. And again, I I was in and out of this market. So, but I always knew that Saturday morning show. This is a, I, this is a great show. All the people that did, did such a wonderful job. Uh, not just the doc. We had uh, uh, Johnny G who did it for a while. Glenn O'Brien. I mean, there's so many people that did that show. And I, you know, got into that music as well. It's '50s, '60s, '70s, and a little of the '80s. <laughs> And it's stuff you don't hear during the week on WILI. So it's like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and it's brought to you by, we have a great sponsor, The Bench Shop, right up the street here. Uh, big thanks to Frank and Eva Anani. But yeah, I, when, when Johnny G left, and he was one of our part-timers, and he went down and moved to Florida, nobody was doing the show. And it was still running, but it was, it was jockless. So I just jumped in there and said, heck, I'm gonna, I love this show. I'm going to do it. So Wayne was thrilled when I jumped in there and did it. And and uh, Saturday Salad Gold is something I look forward to every week. But, Anita, you just gave me a great idea. Maybe uh, I should start coming up with themes. That's something Henry, the doctor, will uh, email me these um, these great ideas every now and then. Like maybe 
uh, uh, stars or artists that have passed away, something to add right. into the show. Hey, yeah. you know, we lost, for example, Tina Turner. Let's play a little Tina Turner, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I do a lot of other stuff as well as Matt does around here. So sometimes we're all wearing many hats. Mm-hmm. So as, as much as I want to jump on that idea of adding a theme, which is a great <laughs> idea, I just got to take a deep breath and try and find the time to, to, to do, do it. Do it, yeah, so, sure. Because I said, you know, radio, you know, we're all thin these days, and uh, we're all just trying to make it work. So, But, yes, I do that. I love that Saturday Solid Gold show. It's fun. Now, on Sunday, I haven't really listened on Sunday morning because I'm, I'm a sleep-inner. <laughs> I don't get up early. I don't blame um, you. But there used to be a lot of polka music. Do you do any of that on well, we don't have that Sunday mornings anymore, yeah. but I can tell you, we all know the legendary, God rest her soul, Virginia Serenity. Yep. And she is an absolute icon, legend, and I, the only time I ever got to run some polka music is when Virginia, again, I was in high school, I was just hired by Wayne, she came up to me and said, would you mind filling in for me every time she took a vacation? I, I Talk about shaking in your boots. Um, she would have everything handwritten out, what to play. The, remember, we were playing records back then, vinyl. So I had to play, make sure I was so nervous I wasn't going to play the right cut or the right uh, part of the record. And um, and I even had a name, Anita. I, she gave me the name, I believe. I think Virginia gave me this name. It was either the Kilbasa Kid or Kid Kilbasa. <laughs> that was my fill-in name when I filled in for the great, the late and great Virginia Seretney on Polka Time. That's what she called the show, so. Polka Time. And yeah. boy... You, this is a huge po- uh, people love their polka around here and maybe down the road we bring back polka uh, you know we got to find I, I don't know if I'd be the one to do it but <laughs> but uh, I think Johnny G tried to bring it back here at one point and uh, it all, I thought it was gonna but that might be an idea for down the road maybe um, Virginia did it was like 9 to 11 on Sunday mornings I think that's what it was but boy talk about she had a huge following with that show Oh, absolutely. And I think there are still a lot of Polish people in this area and when you think about the food, oh. you know, the kielbasa and kolumkis and all these different kinds of things. Um, I remember that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm Hungarian, so my grandmother would, you know, make that oh, kind of food. Yeah. So to come to this area and, and know that there's something very similar now, besides Ernie, is that why you end up staying? Because of the, uh, <laughs> the the polka food around here? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. It's a big polka community, that's for it, sure. It, it really is, yeah. Um, so on some of your DJ gigs, any of them stand out in your mind? Or any funny stories? Are you or... talking about like uh, the radio gig or the mobile DJ? Well, both? either one, yeah, or both. Uh, well, I got to say, <clears throat> you know, I just, I know I just, practically ran down my entire resume i'm sorry but all of them there, there hasn't been one stop where i don't regret because you can easily look back and go yeah i will say this yeah i could have stayed I, I was a jumper but back then in radio i i just you know I, I worked hard to get to every stop but i knew in when i told my parents and again i go back to that night that fateful night standing in the kitchen in the winter of 92 saying i know what i want to do and it's surprising it wasn't sports. It was DJ. And um, I worked hard. Now, back then, you had to send out tapes and resumes, cassettes and resumes. These days, it's MP3s, and you can email a program director. But I would go to the post office on my own dime and overnight packages to radio stations. Because as much as I love my hometown of Willimantic, I wanted to, I had bigger aspirations. I wanted to do it on my own, and that's what inspired me. 
I wanted to get to a top 10 market, and I did. I worked hard. I got there. So to answer your question, I'm sorry I'm taking the long way here. Q102 in Philadelphia, by far, was – I still can't believe it happened. From 1999 to 2001, and I probably I, – I, I know I could have stayed. It was my choice to leave. I didn't – I just felt like – I'd done all I could do in Philly, and I wanted to get into afternoon somewhere in a, in a, again, a, in a medium-sized, large market. And Salt Lake City was interested in me. And a little side story about this. So I, uh, I gave my notice at Q102 in Philly right around 9-11. And I got the offer from Salt Lake City. Now, let me back up. They flew me out. Salt Lake City flew me out for the interview on the weekend before 9-11. And I flew out of New York City. And I flew out for the interview. Uh, they... You know, they took me out. They showed me the station. The Olympics were coming. It was a hot place to be. I remember calling my parents before I flew back to the East Coast, and I said, I think I may take this. Flew back on, on September 10th, and my parents, uh, no, the the, uh, the shuttle picked me up in New York, took me back to Philly. I wake up the next morning. I flip on Q102. I'm little jet lag, but I'm, I, I hear the midday DJ talking over silence with the girl who did the news. I'm like, well, this isn't good. And I, I run down the hall of my apartment, flip on the TV, and I see what's going on, 9-11. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I was just there 24 hours ago. But I'm like, what's going on with our country? Anyway, I sat in my apartment. As everyone else sat in their house, glued to the TV that day. Sorry, I'm really – sorry, I'm going on with story time here. But it was just a day I'll never forget. And, uh, it, you know, a career decision I had to make was nothing – you know, that, that didn't even – that was the furthest thing from my mind. I was, you know, I was worried about what's going on with our country okay. and what's what's going to happen next. Anyway, so I made the decision a couple weeks later. I gave my notice, called my father. I guess I knew my father would love us. I go, hey, you want to drive cross country with me? <laughs> and he said, sure, I'm, <laughs> I'm in. So we, we came to Philly, my, my apartment outside of Philly. We packed the car, drove to Salt Lake City, and uh, I, I started my, my afternoon gig. Sorry, I, I dropped my pen, man. I started hitting the console. And um, and I it was right right before the Olympics were coming. Salt Lake City, Utah is gorgeous that time of year, like September two thousand one, into October. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous part of the country. Um, you got to see the Mormon uh, tab, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it, the Mormon Chapel, or right, yeah, uh, just You know, my father didn't want to leave. <laughs> I didn't want my father to leave. Honestly, it was like because we're having such a great time, and it was a memorable trip. I did six months afternoons out there, and. But yeah, to answer your question, and um, Q102 was just a thrill. I met so many, well, I met a lot of celebrities out there too. So I was, because um, there was always, you know, station that large, there's always celebrities that were swinging by the station, and it was just, just a really good time. So yeah. I bet it must have been exciting having the Olympics there too. Did in, you do in Salt Lake? Yeah. In Salt Lake. Now, did you do any radio work with them? Uh, funny you should bring that up. So no, I just did my afternoon shift. But when I first moved there. The people at the station would say, whatever you do when the Olympics get here in, what was it, February of 2002, don't go, don't go into the city and mingle. Just stay away from it because it's going to be chaotic. Oh, okay. If I could, now, if I could go back and do that again, I, I would have never listened to them. And so what's, go into the city and mingle with people and, and enjoy the Olympic experience. I don't know why people were telling me that. Anyway, so I go to Utah Jazz games all the time. The NBA team out there. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was great to say I lived in an Olympic city. Unfortunately, I should have went down there and mingled, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was the 2002 Olympic Games in Salt Lake City, and then shortly after, I moved back east. <laughs> so, but 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did those. Uh, glad I was able to travel and see the country. I didn't get married till I was 39, so. <laughs> well, you got you you sold your wild oats. Yeah, traveling around, and I wanted and to doing do that. stuff like I that. I knew I think I knew I wanted to get married someday, but I just wanted to see the country and uh, and, and and you know and you know not that my wife and I have, haven't done it. My wife and I have traveled a lot, but I wanted to. There's a lot of things. I was really into my career early on, and and I'm glad I was because I, I I was just uh, it's all about setting those goals and accomplishing them. So. Yeah, absolutely, and it sounds like you know you did a fine job of, of doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Ah. Well, as far as uh, the uh, you wanted you asked about the mobile DJing. Yes, uh, the mobile DJing. Well, there are plenty of highlights of that too. I mean, it's like uh, we we do a lot of weddings. We uh, we do sweet sixteens. We do retirement parties. We do graduation parties. But I will say, probably, if you're asking me my favorite kind of experience of uh, of doing mobile DJing. Is weddings. It's just great to see. And I get, believe it or not, I'm not afraid to get on the mic and talk in front of crowds. I do it all the time. But I get, I still get nervous uh, because it's, you know, we're doing a wedding, okay? Because it's it's someone's big day and you don't want to screw it up. <laughs> and I want to make sure, you know, I, you know, when I bring out the bridal party, I'm getting everyone's name pronounced correctly. Um, you know, so, so as much as I, I would have to say wedding, because, and then when you, you see, you know, the, you know, the bride and groom have their first dance and just the, the happiness that uh, goes into that day. I'd say weddings are probably the, the main highlight of doing the mobile DJing thing. Um, let's see. It's just, there's, but it, it's a lot of work. I, I, I owe a lot of thanks to my wife. She likes, she carries a lot on her shoulders with this business. She loves to do the technical stuff too and the business side of it. So pretty much all I got to do is turn on the mic and, <laughs> I don't make her carry anything heavy, but it's like she likes to do a lot of the quote-unquote heavy lifting. Um, and she does a great job running my business as well. So. Well, it, it's something that's totally different from her day, her, her day job. Right. And she likes to, glad you said that, because she likes to call it, uh, when we talk to, uh, say, for example, we have conversations with our client, our couples, or whoever we're dealing with. Last night we talked to a mom who her son's getting married. So the mom was on the phone, not the bride and groom. But oh. as my wife likes to say... We like to, uh, the, these gigs that we do, she likes to call it date night for her and I. And so sometimes we butt heads, like, no, 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 no. But at the end of the night, we're like, wow, you know, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I got to, as much as I love doing these gigs, I got to admit, driving home and uh, when everything's put away, that's when I really enjoy things. You look back and go, that was a good night. And, but there's a lot of, you know, work that goes in putting in there, you know, getting ready for a wedding, making sure, you know, we double, triple check Cover your bases. Uh, is this you want to, is this when you want to do this, when you want to do that? You know, it could be no matter what it is, a graduation party, retirement party. You want to make sure that, because uh, these people are paying you. You want to make sure they, uh, you know, they you want, you want to get it right for them. You want to get it right for them. So. Yeah, you want to make sure you haven't picked some bad song. Exactly. <laughs> you want to make sure they're happy they, with us. We've had people give us playlists where I, uh, you know, I make sure I got a, now I have like over 50,000 songs in the, and everything's digital now. You know, I've DJed, uh, I've done mobile DJing on the side back in the CD days. Back in the, nah, well, I can't say I've done mobile DJing with vinyl. Uh, my father used to have turntables in the base. That's another how I got, re, way I got into radio. My father would have turntables in our, in our basement and uh, he would bring home the Casey Kasem countdowns every week. Ah. And I would play DJ. I'd put the, the records on the table and. Every time Casey wasn't talking, I'd pretend to talk. So maybe I did have the DJ bug early on before the sportscasting bug. But that's that's another reason why 
I got into radio. Not just Wayno, but yeah, my father would uh, set up the the turntables for me in the basement. So, yeah. So it's like uh, it was fun. Uh, and uh, do we have time? Uh, I got another. I got a Colin Rice story real quick. Two minutes. Two minutes? Okay. Sorry if I've been talking. This is this is great. All right. Um. So as much as I thank Wayno for hiring me, and I joke around with my father each day. I go. I don't think my now, my parents were supportive of everything, I did, everything I've done, and that's, that's important. But I really think my father didn't want me to get into radio. I think, and here's a story. I was about six, 15 or 16. He knows I'm in love with radio. What's he do? He gets me a three-day trial shift at Kentucky Fried Chicken. I go, okay. I go down there. Nothing against people in fast food. They bust their butt, too, like any other uh, profession. But I'm, here I am, a teenager, and I don't know why he's doing this. Is he trying to just, you know, take me away from radio? I did... After my second day, I looked at him and said, I don't want to go back for the third day. I know what I want to do. Now, if he was in here, he may tell a different story. But I claim, that's my, I don't know, I think he was trying to steer me in another direction. But we joke about it now. And I'm, in fact, I'm going to bring it up to him tomorrow. Why did you give me he, that three-day trial shift to KFC? He wanted to make sure that you were really solid about your decision. Yeah, maybe that was it, too. Thank you, Anita. <laughs> so... Hopefully I answered all the questions on your on your page there. Yeah. When Ernie interviews someone, he kind of does it right off the cuff. I can't. Oh, so, 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 I write the, so I write down stuff. It's been stuff. a pleasure spending an hour <laughs> with you, and I know Ernie uh, had to go take off. But uh, this is great. We got to, you know, uh, thank you for coming on Hometown Threads. It's been a pleasure to be on the neighborhood. Well, it was wonderful having you, and I think people maybe have heard a different side of you. Well, than, than, than what they hear on Hometown Threads. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully there's no judging from before. <laughs> Even if may are now. Maybe you're, maybe you're judging now. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Anita Sebastian for my, for my special guest, Keith C. Rice, wishing everyone out there a great week in the neighborhood. Sweet dreams, Bunky. Night-night, Cookie Puss. We're coming home, Sweet Pea.